Matthew 16, verse 18, it is the final words that I read with you at the end of verse 18 that I want to meditate on for a moment or two, where the Lord says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, that is, against His church. And I want to bring this portion to you as I have been praying to encourage you tonight, and indeed to encourage my own soul as well. There are so many circumstances that would discourage us when we consider the work of God and the seemingly lack of progress that we appear to make in at times. But this verse is in complete contradiction to the spirit of defeatism that we so often possess. It may at times feel like the work of God is not progressing. It may at times feel like we're regressing, but that is not what the Word of God says. And men and women, we don't live by sight. We live by faith. And if the Word of God says the church is being built, that's good enough for you and me. We pray that the Lord would be pleased to build His church where we are and that we would see it grow. Now, by way of introduction, what intrigues me here is the word gates, the gates of hell. Now, obviously, we erect gates to keep the enemy out. Well, we don't do that in Larne. We're very civilized. Down in Larne, there's no need for gates, no crime. We're okay. But apparently, most people build gates to keep the enemy outside. But also, gates are built to keep what you possess in your house. Now, that is true of Lauren. We have children, and gates are very useful for keeping the kids inside. So gates have a twofold purpose, to keep the enemy out and to keep what you possess in. But you will notice here that it is the gates of hell. So it is hell that wants to keep the enemy out. That's the church. That's the Lord. And it's hell that wants to keep what it has, the souls of men. And what thrills me about this verse is that the Lord describes hell as needing gates. He doesn't describe himself as needing gates. Because when the Lord takes you by his hand, no one, no enemy will pluck you out of the hand of the Almighty God. No gates required. So tonight, hell's gates, we are told, will not prevent the advancement of the church of the living God. So this verse marvelously, and I have to emphasize that, it marvelously illustrates and marvelously declares the advancement of God's church. And that should encourage us this evening. Three thoughts to leave with you. The confidence it implants, the certainty it proclaims, and the concern that it erupts in our hearts. Firstly, the confidence that this verse implants. You cannot read this verse and walk away without having this sense of confidence. And the confidence is because of the person who's speaking. Where I began to read there, or text, I will build my church, or text begins with a pronoun, I, I. 
And obviously, that eye refers to the living God. That eye refers to the one who is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. It refers to the one who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And he's the one who says, I, I build the church. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by our might. It's not by our, our power, but it's by my spirit saith the Lord. And that helps to give us perspective because sometimes we forget that. The Lord's building it. So that should instantly place us upon our knees and begin to pray, Lord, you have said by way of fact that you're building your church. And Lord, I am asking you, build your church in my family. Build your church in Balamina. Build your church in Lord, And therefore, we're, it drives us to Christ. He's the one, not us. I'm thankful for that. And you can't help but see the confidence here that it uh, implants within us because the Lord is able to do what He says. Listen, I'm weak. You're weak. We're sinful. We're here for a little while. But the Lord will proceed to do his work of building the church. Secondly, look at the certainty the verse proclaims. So it gives you a confidence, but also a certainty here because the text goes on to say, I will. Not I hopefully. The Lord doesn't set out for us a potential plan. The Lord doesn't set out a suggestion here. I suggest that if all things work out well, hopefully we might get a little church going. That's not what Christ said to his disciples, these, these New Testament believers. The Lord said, I will. There's absolute certainty. No doubt about it. He's going to do it. No matter how you and I feel, he's going to do it. I was reminded of, of Zerubbabel. And remember who Zerubbabel was in the Bible. He's the man who brought out the uh, group of believers from Babylon. So by the grace of God, uh, the Lord gave them the ability to, to bring a company with them. And they arrived back in Jerusalem out of captivity for so many years. And they had a work to do for the Lord there. They had the house of God to build. It's intriguing as you read the book of Ezra. The first thing they did was build the temple. They built the house of God, then they built the walls, then they built everything else, but the house of God came first. And that was his duty. But as they were doing the work, the people, sometimes like us, they became discouraged. Just got cast down. Where's the progress? And there's so much opposition, and they began to down tools. And for a period of time, no work was done whatsoever. And then the Lord sent two prophets, um, Haggai and Zechariah. And you can read their uh, books. And those are the people preaching to Zerubbabel and company. And those two prophets came with a message to encourage the people of God to keep on building. And my mind goes to that uh, situation for this simple reason. The Lord says he will build his church. But sometimes you and I get discouraged and we stop participating 
in the building of God's church. We down tools. The Lord then comes to remind us that he is in the continual process of building it and we ought to be willing participants in that project of building the church. So when the Lord says, I will build my church, that doesn't mean that you and I should read that and sit back and think, oh, well, God's going to build his church. I'll let him tear ahead. I can sit back now because I've got plenty of years under the belt. I can slow down. Or I'm too young. I can do it some other day. Or I'm too busy with my family in this middle age bracket that I'm in or whatever you may be. And we say, well, if God's going to build his church anyway, he'd do it without me. No, that is, that is an error. Because although the Lord says he will build his church, he uses his people to actually build it. And so in response to this text, rather than this creating a laziness in our hearts, it should cause us again to go on our knees and cry out to God, Lord, if you're going to build your church, here am I, use me. I want to be part of the process. I want to be part of the building program. I want to break sweats. I want to use and wear out my joints and whatever for the glory of God. If you're building it, Lord, here am I. I want to build it. Use me. The Lord will build it. He builds it through his church. And therefore, we should go with confidence to keep on building, keep on working, keep on serving in this manner. LTBS, down through the decades, has been one of our uh, denomination's efforts in participating in the building of the church. We have this opportunity to spread the gospel here, there, and thither for the purpose of seeing it built. And I would encourage you to pray, Lord, if you will build your church, use LTBS to build it. Don't pass it by, but use it for your glory. The third and final thought here to leave with you is the concern this verse erupts in your heart. It should erupt the concern in your heart because the Lord describes something as being like the gates of hell. And we need to ask the question, what's behind these gates? We often focus on the gate itself and that God can tear it down. But what's behind the gates? Now, if you stay with the illustration, it's very clear that what is behind the gates are the souls of men and women. And it's Christ's objective to get those people and to bring them out of the place described as the gates of hell and enter the kingdom of God. And so you and I ought to be concerned because when we read of the gates of hell, the people behind the gates of hell are your children and your neighbors and people in Nepal and Africa. They're behind the gates of hell. But here's the glorious message. Christ himself has said, those gates won't prevent me building it. Those gates won't prevent me building my church and getting the people out. They mean nothing to him. The gates of hell do nothing to prevent God. It doesn't matter how hard someone is or how hard a location is. The Lord can turn that in a moment. That ought to encourage our souls tonight. So, this verse implants a confidence in us. It proclaims a certainty. He will build it. It also should and our erupt a concern in our souls for the people behind those gates. But let me say in conclusion here, the Lord 
men and women, loves, loved, loves and forever will love his church. And he gave himself for the church. He is not going to stop building. He will build it because he loves it. He died for it. And it is his objective to redeem a people called the church, to bring them on to himself that they may glorify and enjoy him. And tonight I would ask you just to pray for yourself that the Lord would use you to build his church, but that the Lord would also use LTBS in the work of building this great church for the glory of God, for the exaltation of his name, and for the good of people's souls. Amen. May the Lord just bless that meditation to our hearts. And like I said, I encourage my own soul, and I trust will encourage yours tonight. Also,